Thanks for tuning in to another episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. Today, we talk about the V word. No, not that one. But if you have that V word, you'd better be carrying that thing into the voting booth on November 6th. Yes, ma'am. Anyway, here we go. Let's get to the voting episode. Welcome to this week's Municipal Mania. Hi. Where we get to um, have a reality check about, you know, everything that's going on right now. I think in the news, we could apply that probably statement to locally or federally. Something that we talk a lot about in our group chats and I talk a lot about with other groups of friends is at the end of the day, whoever the Supreme Court nominee is, whether Trump is or isn't impeached or whether we are going to get those sidewalks for Southside maybe one day. All of those things really come down to one thing, one thing that all of us need to do, and hopefully all of us are planning to do coming up here soon. But does anybody know what that thing is? Oh, oh, me, me. Um, um, Fr- Francesca, I think you have an answer. Um, um, vote? Yeah! Woo! Ding, ding, ding! Hey! You win! Perfect! Oh. November 6th is voting day. So welcome to another city civics class with RVA Dirt, but this time about voting. About voting, because <laughs> um, Virginia has an interesting voting history. And hopefully if you aren't voting or you don't have you have friends that aren't voting, maybe this will be enough to uh, convince you about why you should be exercising your civic duty mm-hmm. at any <laughs> and <duty>. all <laughs> opportunities. I'm sorry, I'm still laughing about duty. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> you dork. <laughs> All right. Let's hit it. All right. So, this is how we vote in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Commonwealth of Virginia holds its state general elections the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November in every second odd numbered year. So, as a result of this, general elections in Virginia systematically follow the quadrennial U.S. presidential elections by one year. But like what you really just got to know is in Virginia, I guarantee you that you have something to vote for every single year. Every year. Guaranteed. So just get that into your system. Make that a habit. Every year in November, you're going to vote. But you're also going to vote right before that in the primaries because nobody goes to those and I need y'all to go. So in June when we have primaries... Go to those. We always have something to vote for. So, you know, keep your eyes and ears open and make sure that you head to the polls. That's what this whole show is about. It's very important that you get your butts into your polling places. Mm -mm. Take your asses to the polls and bring an ass with you. There you go. That's right. Bring a friend. So in Virginia, officials elected to the offices of governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, and state senator are elected for four-year terms. But here's something fun. Governors are not eligible for re-election immediately. They have to wait another four-year term. So they can't have consecutive terms. Everybody else? Fine. Also interesting, governor, lieutenant governor, and attorney general are elected at large, which means they can be from different political parties. So you could end up with a Republican governor and a Democratic or independent yeah, lieutenant so governor, whatever. So the lieutenant governor is basically just not a running mate for governor, kind of like the president and vice president scenario. Right. I I believe it was our state senator McClellan, Jennifer McClellan, who actually mentioned, so part of the reason I was at a uh, third district meeting and she was speaking and this actually came up as a topic of discussion. So apparently the reason that there is that one 
four-year term limit is because in Virginia, the power that the governor has, that kind of offsets, quote-unquote, that amount of power that they do hold by being able to say, hey, you have all of these powers, but P.S., you can only do this for four years. So it's supposed to be a check and balance in relation to the General Assembly. Fun Mm -hmm. facts. Term limits. What do you know? Governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, and state senator have four-year terms. Only the governor, though, can't do consecutive. State senators and state delegates, they can just run on and on and on and on. And most of them do. Decades. And they do. And that's why we stay on this hamster wheel, because we don't set term limits in Virginia for these folks. And so they're not afraid. Something that's interesting about Virginia also is that we really don't have, for our state level positions, everything's pretty much up for election at once. All of our House of Delegates positions, I believe, are all up for election all in the same year. State Senate, I believe, is also the same time. It's a different year, though, is basically what happens. State delegates would have been 2016. I want to say that we have senators this year in 2018. Mm -hmm. And then our governor was 2017. Yes. Even though it rotates through, and that's why we say Virginia has literally an election every single year, because I just went through the last three years, and I have no idea what's next year, but I I know it's something. It's something. (laughs) (laughs) But in Virginia, we also get to vote for the Commonwealth attorney and then your local sheriff or the clerk of court here in Richmond, as well as uh, probate judges and mayor, city council, school board. Anyway, those are the folks you get to vote for. And the treasurer. Yes, and the treasurer, which doesn't have a defined job. Uh, She can make of it as she wants. And the treasurer we have currently is Nicole Nicole Armstead. Armstead, Mm -hmm. And she's trying to do a little something with this office because it's kind of been sitting there just complacent and whittling their thumbs. I think they give tax advice. (laughs) As we go into this and move past the positions that we're able to elect, you know, those are just the Virginia ones. But Mm -hmm. really, our Virginia ones also mimic the federal level elections. And what I mean by that really is if you look at, for example, I'm, I'm, about, to, I'm about to bust this out, guys. Uh-oh. Okay, the Constitution. Uh-oh. <laughs> the U.S. Constitution. And if you look at what Article 1 is, do you guys know what Article 1 is? No, surprises. <laughs> Congress. Mm-hmm. And then Article 2 is actually the executive office. And then Article 3 is the Supreme Court. The, the logic on it is that, in theory, the, the legislative branch is supposed to hold the most power in the United States. And the same should apply, in theory, to Virginia, mm-hmm. which is where you see that little check and balance of the governor versus the General Assembly. For as easy as it is, I think, for all of us to focus on that one executive branch person. So if that's Northam, is that where I'm at right now? Yeah. Yes. Northam. Okay. The governor. Year am I in? <laughs> yes, it's Northam. Um, Northam here in Virginia. If it's it, that orange dude that's in the White House right now, <laughs> the Cheeto I, in chief. I, I look at it as honestly, it's easier to pay attention to football. I, I watch the NFL. It's it's a little easier for me to watch because there's only one game a week. Whereas if there's baseball, oh my dear lord, there's like seven games to watch a week. And so that's kind of how I look at the difference. Where ultimately, though, we really should all be paying attention to the baseball version, which is legislative branch. Yeah. Because they really hold so much of the power, especially in Virginia for us as a city. Because remember the whole general assembly people they control what we have the power to do mm-hmm. dylan rule so i'm gonna get off my constitution soapbox and hand it back to melissa for history of voting all right here all right. we go well first of all before we get into that virginia has 100 seats in its house of delegates and 40 seats in its senate so just remember that and those are all district specific mm-hmm. so we don't vote for all of them good grief no, you just vote for you The history of voting in Virginia. I know you're all excited because in 1776, voting across the country is controlled by individual state legislatures. Only white men, (laughs) who's shocked, age 21 and older who own land could vote at that time. 
And then in 1788, the founding fathers thought that people weren't smart enough and didn't have enough information to vote in an educated manner. So they came up with the Electoral College. Which is literally the dumbest thing. Well, it is so, so pointless. Can I just have this moment? Like, it's be- pointless. But be- before we go that far, can we just talk about how socioeconomic class is intrinsically woven into the right and value to vote from yes. the very beginning? From the it's very, true. very just beginning. Not yeah. all white men, just the ones who have money. We started off on the right <sighs> foot, guys, right? Right? Am I right? <laughs> Well, but now, and I don't think that idea has changed. I've been at meetings where recently we've had that whole Brook Road bike lane situation, and there are people that will proudly state that their belief is that only taxpayers, that as property-owning taxpayers of the city of Richmond, they should have more services. Yeah. As opposed to people who are renters, as opposed to people who are bikers, because they, in their minds, I pay taxes on my vehicle, and people who have bikes don't have to pay those same taxes. Yep. So I should have more of a say because I'm a property owner. Because I pay for the road that I drive on. Right. So from the dawn of American voting, we have uh, voter disenfranchisement right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Back to the Electoral College. Did you know, and you should know, especially after the 2016 election, Mm. that people do not directly elect the president? Instead, really, you should have known that, especially after the George Bush one. That's true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but some of our listeners were not alive. Alive? <laughs> oh, my goodness. No. <laughs> you guys that young? Oh, my gosh. So electoral college votes are divided among the states, and each state gets two votes for its two senators and a vote for each of its representatives in Congress. So the number of congressional representatives varies from state to state, depending on the state's population. So do the number of electoral college members. The problem that I really have with electoral college is that we really don't adjust the number of seats that are we have in our Congress. It, it's been 435 for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you the last one was adjusted. And so what it means is that as you've had population booms in states like California, yeah. their vote yeah. as on a one-on-one basis has less weight than, say, in North Dakota, just because that hasn't grown as much for the number of representatives that they actually have. If a candidate wins the popular vote, which is a vote cast by citizens in a state, they, in theory, win that state's electoral college vote. It is possible, though, mathematically to win the popular vote and lose the presidential election if the candidate does not win enough electoral votes. And also, like, so these are electors. So these are actually people that volunteer with the party. And they are literally, after the votes come through, they have to go and cast their own vote Mm -hmm. for the president. So in theory, actually... Technically, that's still their vote. They've just sworn that they're going to vote the way the state votes. But in theory, and this is a whole topic of discussion with Trump and Hillary, was actually, are the electors going to vote the way that they're supposed to vote? And if they don't, what's the penalty? $1,000. That's it. If you don't vote with the way your state votes as an elector, Mm -hmm. you are fined $1,000. That is your penalty. That's what happened in 2016, Hillary got, what was it, th- three million more popular votes, yet did not win uh, our presidency. And then in 2000, Al Gore won the popular vote, but Hanging w, w got the lead in the Electoral College. And so Florida was too close to call and plagued with hanging chads and other voting irregularities. And so Gore requested a recount, right? Mm -hmm. The recount normally must be done by the state's deadline to cast their electoral college votes. So the Florida Supreme Court voted to extend that deadline. But the U.S. Supreme Court superseded that Mm -hmm. and they enforced the state's deadline. And so that's how George W. Bush became our president. The first time. Um, (laughs) Flashback to why Supreme Court nominee picks matter. 
Mm-hmm. Which also flashed back to why Senate matters. Mm-hmm. Vote. Sorry, I'm sorry. We're going to say this throughout the show a whole lot mm-hmm. today. Vote. Vote. Don't sit at home. Vote. Don't boo. Vote. Don't don't just vote though. I need you to like look at what you're voting for and and be okay with it and then vote. Don't just go in there and just circle anything. Ooh, so now we're going to talk about ladies and voting. Ladies. Which ladies? The white ladies. Okay, I was I just wanted to make that plain and clear. Okay, go ahead. With the white ladies voting. So in about 1840, women started to organize all over our tiny little country at the time, petitioning for the right to vote. The earliest attempt in Virginia to get a suffragette group going was 1870. And the woman who started it, Anna Whitehead Bodecker, was actually originally from New Jersey. It would be a carpetbagger. Mm-hmm. Right? So this chick, <laughs> she's great. In 1871, she attempted to vote in municipal elections here in Richmond and didn't get through. She was unsuccessful, but she certainly did try. Apparently, white women, white Virginia women, faced tremendous pressure in the post-Civil War period to conform to traditional ways. Mm. And so they didn't really consider suffrage very much because what the husband wanted was the most important thing. Oh. oh, I know. It also comes back down to money. This this is something that applies for women, but especially for minorities in today's day and age, is power really comes through economic empowerment. And your voice is reinforced with economic empowerment. Because if we look around and we look at, like, what, 53% of white women voted for Trump, you know, and if you look and you go further, it was a lot of, most of them were married white women, married to white men. And the people that were voting for Hillary were really more the, the younger, the single, especially mm-hmm. women, white women. I bring that up to say how important it is that there's voting, but also that the things that we're doing in the community today even need to be tied towards economic empowerment because the more that people can stand up on their own and have their own voice because at the end of the day, they can say, screw you, I don't need this from you. Mm-hmm. Frankly, that's what it comes down to. Boom. The better off that we're going to be. And so when you think about in modern day and age of why it was so, so, so messed up to build 95 and decimate Black Wall Street, the Harlem of the South, it's because it took away economic empowerment from people. And by that proxy, it ends up impacting people's voice for decades and decades to come. Soapbox, back away. Continue. No, girl, you can stay on that soapbox. (laughs) You don't want to get back to white women voting? Uh, Speaking of white women, Lila Mead Valentine. Recognize that last name, anyone? Mm -hmm. All right. She was one of the illustrious white women in Richmond who in 1909 started the Equal Suffrage League of Virginia, which let's take a moment to laugh at the Equal Suffrage League of Virginia. I just think it's hilarious that they called themselves the Equal Suffrage League of Virginia when, in fact, in 1916, the all-white Equal Suffrage League of Virginia released a flyer entitled Equal Suffrage and the Negro Vote, asserting that giving women the vote would not endanger white supremacy and that the enfranchisement of Virginia women would increase white supremacy, suggesting that the literacy tests and the poll tax would serve as an effective deterrent to blacks voting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they still doing that. Because if you half-ass educate the kids, they can't read. Or they can't grow up to go to vote any damn way. Let I didn't d- say that. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. Oops. 
When women won the right to vote in 1920, African-American women in Virginia hmm. were the most active in participating in registration efforts. Of course. Black leaders, and it is still this way to this day, black leaders in Richmond organize registration drives and how to register meetings and get out the vote gatherings more than anybody else in this city. The Richmond Crusade for Voters, which is a black group organized around getting people registered to vote, was established in 1956 in Richmond. Good job, guys. By a couple black doctors and professionals that wanted to organize their efforts and not just send people out to do the get out and vote. They wanted to mobilize their money and mobilize their efforts, and they did so. And the group is still around today. I don't know if they're doing the same exact thing, but they're there. Virginia has always been real big in suppressing women's voices, and this was no different during the fight for the right to vote. Um, there were anti-suffragettes who formed counter-organizations and claimed that most Virginia women had no interest in voting and that women's suffrage would open the door for black women to vote, thus violating the spirit of Virginia's 1901 Constitution, which put in uh, Jim Crow laws. Hey, Beckys, this is a perfect example right here for y'all. They didn't even want to give y'all the right to vote because they were so afraid that our camaraderie via vagina was going to open the floodgates for the black people to have rights. Our moon cycles. This is why. They affect our <laughs> ability to reason so we couldn't possibly make an educated decision on who should lead us no. and make decisions for us. No, we can't even let white women vote because you guys are going to bring the black women with you. White ladies, this is why we should be on the same page today because we started this fight almost together. Almost. Almost. This is something that just... Even in, in modern day, if you heard a bunch of ruckus over here, it was me deep sighing and throwing a sauce packet on the table <laughs> out of frustration for something that Melissa actually said, the, pro the thought process that women had no interest in voting. As recently as uh, two years ago, I actually had someone in Richmond tell me that women aren't politicians because biologically we don't seek power. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that biologically we are meant to be mothers, which... That's what my ovaries tell me to do. I love kids, but That's... they don't know me. <laughs> if y'all are waiting for me to wake up for the baby <laughs> but no it's just it's those moments that you know this is something that happens today but then also i look around today and we have the women's march which we all can say with your with your pink pussy hats was a white woman's march and there was a lot of criticism around that yes it was and basically today if if there's something unfortunately that just says for example women's league of voters or even just virginians for voters Unless you're denoting this as an organization that is inclusive of minorities and saying the black women's voters or whatever it is, it's it's going to be, it's, it's inherently the default setting in our society today is it's, it's white. It's white. To me, looking back to all of this and seeing how it continues, it happens today. The reason that you have white men who are so afraid of giving white women power is because they know that white women have been absolutely historically subdued and suppressed, not nearly as severely as minorities. But the biggest threat to power is if all of us join forces together. Mm -hmm. The entire reason that we're not able to overthrow things in mass and it takes so long is because we don't unite together and fight 
for the people who have the least in the group first. And as soon as we start doing that, that's when we're going to start seeing progress. But as long as it's white ladies out here for white lady votes, it's not going to change much. Until we get to a place where we're all collectively working together and looking to the person who is ultimately at the back of the line. Because I'm sorry, you know, people say to me all the time, especially following the wake of Trump um, being elected, they would say to me something about, you know, Jesse, like you're you're discriminated against. Like you're, you're a white lady. And I'm like, honestly, I don't. Yeah, white men. White men suppress me. Insert oppress friends, me. deep sigh. Right. White men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I am in theory number two in this whole roster of if you look up and line people up in a way, you know, the only people who are oppressing me are white men. Mm-hmm. If I say that it's so bad for me that I need to get out and fight mm-hmm. for my rights. How do you think I feel? Then I need to look down the line. <laughs> And think, you know what? I'm uh, relative. Like, is it great? No. But if I'm so outraged, then how could I ever fathom being out for myself in this? Because there are so many people who are so much worse off and in such a, a worse position that I can use my voice too. But until the day that we all recognize that and when we're voting, when we're getting out these efforts, when we're advocating, the threat to the majority is the minorities and those who are oppressed banding together. There you go. I just like have a soapbox today. Right? Like up my you, butt or something. Yes. Man. I don't know what bug bit you, but I like it. <laughs> I don't got to be the angry black lady today. This is nice. This is Jesse today. I love like it. I'm just going to sit over here and eat my egg roll. <laughs> well, before we move on to the next part of uh, our discussion here, I do want to leave uh, Virginia women with this little tidbit. Even though the 19th Amendment giving women the vote was ratified in 1920, the Virginia General Assembly was like, nah, we're not doing that. And they waited until 1952 to even recognize the 19th Amendment. Virginia. Huh. Hmm. By the end of the 1920 elections, though, uh, since the federal government recognized women, all women's right to vote, even though Virginia didn't, about 2,400 black women had registered in Richmond alone. Uh, Of course, 10,000 plus white women had registered. Maggie L. Walker, the African-American teacher Mm -hmm. and banker, visited City Hall to demand more officials be employed to speed up the registration process and reduce the time women spent waiting in line. So go hug her statue. Since they were excluded from all of these white lady voting groups, they started their own, the Virginia Negro Women's League of Voters. Yep, they sure did. Sorry, they started a league of their own. They did. And there's no crying in voting. Once again, though, (laughs) to get any sort of representation, black women, sisters had to do it for themselves. And it's the same today. I'm telling you. And that's why we're not getting ish done because we're not banding together and working together as a cohesive unit. Because if we were, these old white farts would be gone. They'd be gone. Something to think about for 2020, ladies. I'm saying these ladies is running. We're seeing now more candidates um, that are female or gender Mm nonconforming, that are black, that are Hispanic, Mm -hmm. that are immigrants mm-hmm. they're running I they're love running it. come I on down it. if you old white farts think that you are safe you are wrong 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 blue wave i don't care it is every color wave coming right over top of you for your seat mm-hmm. it's coming mm-hmm. i'll have melissa bar my soapbox after the civil war which was 1861 to 65 for those of you not completely obsessed with the lost cause uh, virginia was a mess politically we lost 50 counties to west virginia and guess what Freed black citizens wanted to vote, y'all. But the former Confederate soldiers were down in the dumps and they didn't want to vote. Oh, that's so sad. Elections resumed after five years as the South was a 
U.S. military district, and so it was a bit chaotic. In the late 1870s, a coalition of conservative Democrats, Republicans, and African Americans formed the Readjuster Party, which I didn't learn about in my government class. No, I did. Good. I'm glad you did, because Chesterfield County Public Schools did not teach me that. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> you? How about Jesse? No. My uh, AP government teacher, who is currently elected to the General Assembly, did not teach me that. Ooh. Oh, are you talking about Delegate Kirk Cox, who also spoke at my commencement speech oh. in 1997, and he used it as a re-election platform? Yeah, Virginia politics, y'all. Back, back to the back to the thing. They took over for about 10 years, and then after that, in about 1883, they lost power to white Democrats. Hmm. Who used the brand spanking new state constitution written in 1901 to disenfranchise mostly blacks and poor white people through Jim Crow era laws. This is where the real fun begins, kids, because we're going to talk about Jim Crow. One of the articles that I read on Jim Crow laws stated that black people's disenfranchisement lasted until after the passage of civil rights legislation in the mid-1960s. And I'm like, uh, no, because let's be real. Black voter disenfranchisement is still a thing in 2018. Right now. Civil rights legislation didn't magically make that go away, especially if you're from the South or you live in Boston. Well, you know, it's like a unicorn thing. They give it to you and then you're just supposed to take it, but you're not supposed to use it. Like when you go to use it, then the unicorn doesn't exist. That's how that works. So do you know who was running this whole political scheme going on the burden machine <gasps> mm -hmm. yep shocker it was harry f bird senior a state senator and his bird political organization mm -hmm. yeah and they love their jim crow laws who wants to read about jim crow laws with me come on guys it's gonna be a blast we're not gonna be crying at all or screaming or throwing things i can't not one bit please you want to read some yeah sure okay these are specific to the country at large, but also Virginia. Mm -hmm. These are most of these are Virginia specific. So, so they mandated the segregation of <clears throat> public schools, public places, and public transportation. They also mandated the segregation of restrooms, restaurants, drinking fountains. Because you know the, the intermingling of um, you know interracial saliva is just against God, right? Yeah, girl. Yeah, girl. Also included literacy tests and poll taxes uh -huh. that were required to vote complicated voting instructions meant to confuse poor uneducated citizens which ended up being what Fran mostly mostly black people yeah now here's where it actually gets really sick and twisted huh. there was a race registry yeah <sighs> the registrar of Virginia could feel free to register you and they had prepared a form where on the racial composition of any individual as Caucasian, Negro, Mongolian, American Indian, right? Asiatic Indian, Malay, or any mixture thereof, or any other non-Caucasic strains. Hmm. And if there be any mixture, then the racial composition of the parents and other ancestors insofar as ascertainable as to show in what generation the mixture occurred. Bye shall be known on the registration certificate. So so if I go, I'm going to say, okay, I'm, pro I'm black and I'm a little bit white. Say what? Well, you know, Massa raped my grandmama. Really? Mm -hmm. 
Bye. But you know what, Fran? If you tried to pass as white, it was punishable by a year in jail. No, most of the time it was punishable by, by death. But go ahead. Lynching much? Mm-hmm. Also, we get into marriage. This, um, <laughs> I really do have a hard time getting through this stuff because it's just sick. Like, I got you. I got this one. I got this one. Since it's the history of this actually comes from where I'm from. That's where the loves are from. <clears throat> no marriage license shall be granted until the clerk or deputy clerk has reasonable assurance that the statements as to color of both man and woman are correct. If there's reasonable cause to disbelieve that the applicants are a pure white race, <clears throat> when that fact is stated, the clerk or deputy clerk shall withhold the granting of the license until satisfactory proof is produced by both applicants that as white persons as provided in for this act. The clerk and or deputy clerk shall use the same care to assure himself that both applicants are colored and that that fact is claimed. So no mixing, you guys. Black and black and white and white. It shall hereafter be unlawful for any white person in this state to marry any save a white person or a person with no other mixture of blood than white and American Indian. For the purpose of this act, the term white person shall, that's in quotes too, by the way. Mm -hmm. shall apply only to the person who has no trace whatsoever of any blood other than Caucasian. Hmm. But persons who have one-sixteenth or less of the blood of the American Indian and have no other non-Caucasic blood shall be deemed to be white persons. Hmm. All laws heretofore passed and now in effect regarding the intermarriage of white and colored persons shall apply to marriages prohibited by this act. Hmm. <laughs> One drop. Yeah. All it takes. One drop. And these Jim Crow era laws were enacted to keep us all separate, but what? Equally disparaged. <laughs> <sighs> Voting gives a voice to people one and all, from the richest robber baron to the lowliest dirt ball. Voting's done in half a flash. It only takes one wrist flick. They make the process speedy. Well, except for in black districts. Oh, that is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is weird. true. Yeah, it's a little weird the way that happens. Mm. It's a grade A cracker, Jack super duper fun pack, pizza candy, grand slam, whiz bang, red jet, wait to keep America afloat. Here we go. It's democracy and action. So get out there and... You are currently smack dab in the middle of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania, heard on WRIRLP 97.3 FM, Richmond Independent Radio, every Wednesday at 11 a.m. In 1890, many states began to use secret ballots so that voters could not be bullied into voting for candidates they didn't support. Um, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which provided federal oversight and enforcement to maintain all citizens' ability to vote, was supposed to eliminate Jim Crow era laws and voter suppression tactics. However, do we actually think that the Civil Rights and Voting Rights Acts were effective? Mm -mm. Because well, now they now they found they they found other ways to do it. You know, like, voter suppression is still a thing. Yeah. Like in every state. They they find other ways and, and, and it's it's a demon of another name. You know, now it's gerrymandering. Now it's, you know, uh, voter ID laws that change every flipping blue moon. You know, there's all these different things. It's not having the day off work. 
Yeah, not having the day off from work. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but it's actually up to the state to decide what day we vote on. Mm -hmm. So we vote on Tuesday. There's other states that do vote on Saturday. Our schools are closed, I think, still on election day. Yeah. But we all still have to work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, the polls are open from, I think, 7 a.m. 7 to 7. To 7 p.m. And as long as you're in line by 7 p.m., you have to let you vote. But if you do think about somebody who maybe is a single mom, with kids, you could very easily and rides see public transit and works three jobs. Rides public transit, works. There's a whole number of reasons that they might not be able to make it to election day, mm-hmm. which is where you start getting into. Well, then you need to make sure you're registering for an absentee ballot. There's deadlines. I mean, the deadline to register to vote is October 15th in Virginia, yes. which is how many weeks prior to I think it's two or three weeks prior to actual election day. Mm-hmm. So you can't vote same day. Um, you can't register and vote even a week beforehand where there are other states that do allow that. In so, addition to that, just looking at people in their housing agency, look at how many often certain people in certain social economic classes move. You may be registered to vote in one place if you even bother to re-register when you get to the next place. How many people go their lives without voting because they don't stay in one place long enough to or, register to vote? Or the homeless. Or that. And actually register actually, where you legally are staying so you can put a description down of where you stay. That's well, great. Actually, homeless people, you know that you can also put the social services build, building down mm-hmm. as your address. That's I know fantastic. That. And you can have your voter registration card delivered there and you can pick it up and that's where you Also, go. you don't have to pay for that. No. Your voter registration card is free. And so I've also heard if you don't remember that. Apparently, if you don't have a a valid ID, like a state ID, you can actually go to City Hall, I believe, if you're in Richmond City. Yes. And get a free ID with a picture that's only for voting. So that's your voter registration card. It's your voter registration card. There you go. And it's your voter registration ID. Don't let anything hold you back from registering. And there's people that will physically come and pick you up and take you to get it for free. And this year, I think I saw that Uber, I think, or Lyft, one of the two, is actually offering free rides to the polls. And I know that Mayor Stoney just put in legislation to make public transit free the day of the polls. But at the end of the day, you know, there are all of these little obstacles that we're having to find ways to overcome the challenge of. But reality is it's a state law. There's covert ways. I mean, even Mm -hmm. the fact that when you go and vote for a primary, I've had people message me completely freaked out. They're like, why why did they ask me if I was a Democrat or Republican? Mm -hmm. And they didn't realize that going into the primary in Virginia, which Mm -hmm. again, not how it is everywhere, you have to declare up front which ballot you want. And so Mm -hmm. when you're going to your precinct and you're neighbors are there and i've talked to people that live up in the winchester virginia area which is a very red state and they're blue leaning yeah. they're having to look at their neighbor to their face and say i would like a democrat ballot please and that can be a form of intimidation yep. it can make people very uncomfortable and make people targets but there's there are things that are in place that shouldn't make it this difficult but at the same time there's laws that could be changed that can make it so much easier for everyone to be able to vote and and just voter transparency i'm gonna share a little little story with y'all real quick just soapbox real quick 30 seconds in the rural counties a lot there are things not just here in richmond but in the rural county surrounding there are people who will literally put out information to say well if you're voting on the democratic primary it's at this location and if you're voting at the republican primary it's at this location and when people show up and and they know you know these people that are working the polls they're like okay well you know this 80 year old man doesn't know any difference i'm just going to give him a ballot and he's just going to write something on it because he, he knows he wants to vote but he doesn't really know what he's voting for and he doesn't even know that he's at the wrong primary or that he's got the opposite or the opposing party's ballot in his hand and he just casts his vote in the republican primary 
and he's a Democrat and has no idea. This happened recently, last year. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or we saw that there was in in Georgia recently in the news, they were trying to shut down non-handicap accessible, like non-ADA compliant Mm -hmm. polling places. And it would have shut down almost all of the polling stations in rural Georgia that happen to be majority black areas. And it's not like that's new news. that These are ADA uncompliant. That's that's voter suppression. Yeah. Yep. And another thing I thought was interesting, kind of tied into this, is if you noticed in the 2016 election, the winner of the presidency claimed that there were so many people illegally voting for Hillary Clinton, which I thought was really interesting since the actual problem is not voter fraud, it's voter suppression. Mm -hmm. There were so many people who could not vote Mm -hmm. that wanted to vote. And yet here this guy is screaming and crying about illegal immigrant votes, three million of them, for his opponent, which he won. What are you crying about? And spreading this false information so that they could stoke the flames against brown voters. This is from the beginning of our country to now. This is what we do. Voter disenfranchisement. It's woven into the fabric of our history. It's a family tradition. So back to old Dixie. I don't know if you guys know, but the Republican Party and the Democratic Party of today are not the same. No, they like swapped kind of around the fight for civil rights. Trust me, I've heard from many pro-Confederate people about said swap. <laughs> right, well, they want you to know that it was the Democrats who were racist. We're the, we're the party of, of Lincoln. And that's why we started the KKK. Do you actually think that Lincoln in 2018 would be a Republican? Just anybody's thoughts on that? No. No, we're all like, no. No. I mean, half the Republicans today don't want to be Republicans. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> President Lyndon Johnson and the National Democrats' support for civil rights turned a lot of conservative whites in Virginia against the Democrats. Of course. However, many Virginians had been willing to support Republicans, at least at the national level, since in the 1930s, FDR had really strong support for labor unions, which is also funny because Virginia's a right-to-work state. (laughs) Which means we aren't forced to pay union dues if we're non-union workers, but also employers can fire you for whatever they want, making discrimination lawsuits very difficult to win. Thankfully, though, uh, Virginians voted that down. Uh, There was a ballot initiative in 2016 to put this right-to-work language into our state constitution. Thank the Lord. Yes, very thankful that didn't pass because it's already hard enough for regular folks to work here in the state. The Republican Party in most of the South tended to attract right-wing conservatives. Who is shocked? But For some reason, the Virginia GOP tended to be more moderate, which I find to be debatable because maybe my view of moderate isn't the same as the general consensus. Though in 1970, Republican Linwood Holton Jr. was elected governor and he was a Republican and he was moderate and he sent his children Mm -hmm. um, to school to be integrated. Yep, hashtag with, integration. Yeah, with the black children in Richmond, and good for him. Uh, One of which his daughter was Ann Holton, mm-hmm. Tim Kaine's wife. And did job. you know that it was him that effectively broke the Bird organization's influence on Richmond? That was a hell of a long time, like say, 70 so years mm-hmm. Yo, we of just insanity got and... People really, I'm sorry, like, it's just sometimes I have to say it out loud because people really forget. This isn't like this was about, oh, slavery was so long ago. Like, no, y'all, it like, was not is... 400 years ago, y'all. Chill. 
It wasn't. We it are a very like, young country, and this stuff <clears throat> is a hair's breadth away. I mean, we talked about rights like, is not uh, that far. Who who was it that um was one of the Democrats that was pro massive resistance? Joe Biden. That's not Joe Biden's father. That's no, that's him. Him. Legit. The people who in the Democratic Party they revere him, but yet he's got a dark past too. Mm-hmm. He may have evolved in his you know thought process from them, but or did he just like pretend to be BFFs with the black dude? Because he wanted to win the... Oops. Oops. I did it again. Oh. Oops. I Making an unpopular observation. Damn it. We Sorry. have a tendency to do that. During Holton's time uh, in office, the current Constitution of Virginia was created to replace the discriminatory one created in 1901. So at least there was that. Small concession. But go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to move through these guys because they're not that important. You know, we've had a lot of... Republican governors, but also we've kind of had a, a Democratic streak. You know, we had um, Chuck Robb and Gerald Belisles in the 80s. In 1989, we got our first black governor and and L. Douglas Wilder. Mm-hmm. And we've had Democrats Mark Warner and Tim Kaine go from being our governor and lieutenant governor, respectively, uh, to state senators. They're still there. And then we had, in 2009... Governor Ultrasound. Anybody remember him? You know, Bob McDonald, who wanted to shove a wand up every woman's vagina. And successfully legislated to do so. Yeah. Good times. Good times. I was just, I wasn't ready. I hate it. Ugh. Don't you, though? I mean, how could you not hate it? When our I'm government, sorry, I was when Virginia's say... government climbed into every woman's vagina. Mm-hmm. For any man that's listening, it is just as horrific as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Even if you are not somebody who has been sexually assaulted, who has been raped, who's been violated. It is absolutely horrible to have somebody take a wand. Mm-hmm. And this is not like a wand. Harry Potter wand. This thing is thick, y'all. With a condom on it. A microphone. And slide it into your body and move it around. Probe. Probe. Yeah. Yeah. It, whatever. I just feel Thanks, like Bob. I feel like somebody should have probed him first. And hey, ladies, if you think that this is far-fetched, some sort of handmaid's tale nonsense, if you don't vote in the upcoming elections, this is where we are headed. Because the Republicans of today, just like the Republicans of yesterday and the day before that and the day before that, they want to control women's bodies. This is not just conjecture here. This is a thing. I mean, we just saw that, you know, the the threat of white women voting suddenly becomes a threat to white supremacy was obviously one of their cases to not have white women vote. This has been, no matter what you say about Republicans or Democrats at the party switch, none of it matters. At the end of the day, this is continuing to be a problem and it shows in our legislation. And every single time that we sit here and turn on the news and get outraged, what we need to get outraged about is the fact that there are people out here who didn't vote because they felt their vote didn't count. And then we sat here and had a draw out of a freaking bowl to decide the majority of our General Assembly of Virginia today. That was 2017. Mm-hmm. That was last year. That wasn't a story. They had to sit there and pull this information up and decide what type of paper should we put this on. Like that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. They, they, this is this is this isn't just something that you know we can sit there and say, hey, 
we should vote hypothetically. No, there are real outcomes mm -hmm. of people. When we sit here and talk about, I wish the General Assembly would let us do X, Y, and Z, you know what we should be talking about? When's the next General Assembly election? Mm -hmm. Because that's the only way this changes. And until people stop saying, well, I like my incumbent, and I think my incumbent has done stuff for me personally, and see this as a bigger picture of who is it that's going to help change things and create a coalition and actually lead people for change, none of this is going to matter because that's what happens everywhere is everyone likes their incumbent because mm -hmm. their person has pork barrel legislation that is in there for mm -hmm. their roads, for their streets, to continue to have them elected, mm -hmm. i.e. bird, and in all of those freaking streets in West Virginia. We can just sit here and go and list off so many times that this happens. And until we stop just voting who's the incumbent or even just party line voting, quite frankly, none of this is going to change. No. Until people show up on that Tuesday, the first Tuesday in November. I'm angry. Oh, sorry. We just are passing that soapbox Ooh. around today. Ooh. I'm sorry. The, the and, ultrasound. And how law. about this? How about let's we go to the the just, federal level and we I just talk got a, triggered off an ultrasound law, guys. Anyway. <laughs> well, let's go to the federal level and talk about what happened this past week. Your vote directly affects who is sitting on the Supreme Court. We now have somebody who has multiple allegations of sexual assault who lied in his job interview, who huh. perjured himself, who clearly has an alcohol problem. <laughs> Look, I like beer, okay? I like beer. Boys like beer. Girls like beer. I like beer. I like beer. He likes beer. A lot. He I like beer. He went to Yale. Check out the big brain on bread. So this white man who clearly has a ton of privilege and clearly has little regard for the lives of women is now going to be making decisions for all of us for generations. And it's all because of the particular president we have. Those old freaking farts like Chuck Grassley. There's also and five women. There's four, four women. Four There's women. four white women. So you've got it, it's, who, it's, these who wanted to preserve their political parties and they wanted the to power. vote them in and that's the same reason why they you should get your donkeys voted out it's right that's the thing you. there's no term limits for these people like mitch mcconnell and chuck grassley they have been in their positions lindsey graham for decades yep let me get on oh, my soapbox real quick this is this is how important this is y'all so you had a vote that came down to practically what one one person really it was 5140. It was eight. literally one person. Yeah, one person. 5048. One yes. person. Yeah. And so when you look at this, you've got people that chose. You had one, one Republican woman who said, no, 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 we're not doing this. And one Democratic guy who was like, hell yeah. I'm on this because I'm in a really, really, really red state and I want to keep my seat. Let me, let's talk about these parties for a second. First of all, people, you know, I know people are diehard, especially black people. Black people have been sold this their entire life that you've got to be a Democrat and you've got to vote Democrat and you've got to this and you've got to that. And I'm not telling you not to do that. I'm not telling you I'm not a Democrat. I'm just telling you, read what the hell these people are saying. Pay attention to what these people are doing and listen to their policies. Black people, that's the PSA for you. White people, here's your PSA from this black girl. Stop, stop, stop voting just for party because you want to preserve the party of your grandpa. You want to preserve the party of 
whatever it is, when you don't agree with something, and, th- and this is especially to this Republican woman <clears throat> who decided to vote with her party to preserve political power, white women who voted for Trump right now should be ashamed of themselves. You should. And every white woman, I don't care what party it was, who voted for this man to be a justice should be ashamed of themselves. Shame. Shame. Because, because, and this is the state of where we are, whether this man did it or not, we don't know, we weren't there. Mm, I don't know, we don't know. You had a hand, literally a controlling hand in this entire thing from the start to the end of it being politically just a train wreck to get this man rushed through so that you could get what you wanted so that you could have the majority on the Supreme Court. And that's what's important to you. Meanwhile, you have people in your districts who are starving, who don't have clean water to drink, who don't have affordable housing. We, you have people that can't even afford the abortions you're trying to restrict them from having. But this was so important. This man who was, I don't, he must be like a descendant of God himself. It was so important to have him that you couldn't take the time to listen to your fellow white sister tell you what she went through in addition to several other people. This isn't just, oh, I blacked out and I forgot. This is some other serious issue. So black people, let's talk about this real quick. This is a message to you from your fellow black girl. If the tears of this white woman sitting before this congressional hearing could not get the attention of her fellow white people in power who had the power to vote in her favor, if her tears didn't do it, what the hell do your tears matter? Stop crying and complaining over this and go vote. Go get a friend and go vote. White women, y'all all up in your, your, your panties is all up in a bunch right now. I don't want to hear nothing else about it. Go and vote and stop voting for the same people that you've been voting for all the time that do the same stuff and they don't do anything but vote for power and vote for race. And I said it. It's, it is racial. It's racial. And I don't care what anybody says. It's racial. It is racial. Message. And so if you want to see change, stop voting for people with your interest only in mind. Let's just try that. Because if her white tears didn't fix it, hmm, that's all I got to say. Or with your husband's interest in mind. Like just your vote is your vote. It's private. You don't have to tell anybody who you voted for. The fact that you got to say that is an issue. It's a problem mm-hmm. in and of itself. Because, you know, th- that's the thing is I really believe, I deeply believe, I, I want to believe that uh, honestly either scenario is really, really messed up. But in a world where is it that women are getting their news from their husbands? Mm. I know that I think Melissa, mm-hmm. there's people in your life that, you know, get the news from their husbands. Yep. Um, I'm sure we all have those people we know. I think there are people who feel like they have to discuss their vote with their husbands. I think there are um, it's a huge issue. And, you know, if you feel that you are uncomfortable voting for yourself and what you believe in, please see that as you and your voice being oppressed Mm -hmm. and take that as urgency to vote that much more. Because at the end of the day, this isn't even just about us. It's about our futures, our kids our grandkids, the number of times that I have to sit here and think to myself, how would I even, if, if I had kids, how would I explain Brett Kavanaugh? How would I explain Donald Trump? And I think that's probably where we get to some of these civics lessons is because some of this stuff explains it. It's called racism. It's called white supremacy. It's called white women that keep voting to continue to enable the power that they've been able to benefit from. Through and white men. White men. 
and we need to change it. It has to end somewhere. Ladies, stop being scared. You are beholden to no one. No one. Just because you are married, that doesn't stop you from being you and having your own voice and your own thoughts. And girl, if you're discussing your vote with your husband, you don't have to tell him nothing. Smile and nod and uh uh-huh, agree or whatever. And then you get into the voting booth and you do what you want. You do what you want because a lot of us were complacent and a lot of us did what our husbands or brothers or fathers wanted us to do. Now we have a Supreme Court justice who could possibly take our rights away. And a president who grabs them by the pussy. Y'all, we just told, our, our Senate just told all of America's women that their sexual assaults don't matter, that their bodily autonomy does not matter. This is an actual legitimate problem. Our president made fun. Mm -hmm. of a sexual assault survivor's testimony Mm -hmm. and their story. And And for every woman. No one. Right. Like every woman that has been out here and has had something happen to them to where maybe they can't remember the exact date. But it happened. The trauma, the actual moment of trauma is seared into your mind. What did she say? The hippocampus. There it is. That moment of trauma is there forever. So, no, this is wrong. The way we're going is wrong. Yes, this is a highly opinion-based show, and you can hit us up on Twitter and scream at us all you want. But this is fact. This is truth. We are under attack. Women are under attack. Black people, immigrants. Been under attack. Been under attack, but it is ramping up. And it shouldn't have to impact us as white females for us to stand up and do something about it. It's, it's, it's time. It's honestly, because this is so much bigger than Brett Kavanaugh. It's so much bigger than are we going to impeach a president? Mm-hmm. This is, and this is part of the show, it is really showing this is hundreds of years of systematic oppression of minorities and women to continue a certain reign of power because that's where you can keep money from. And that's how you stay on top is to maintain the control of it. And I know we've all now soapboxed ourselves to death because it's just, at the end of the day, vote. Again, October 15th is the deadline to register to vote. And fun fact, if you are going to be 18 before or on Election Day, you can register beforehand. Register now. October 15th, that's the last day you've got in Virginia. November 6th, vote. Period. Do it. Encourage your friends. If they haven't registered to vote, why not? Take them. Take them. If they're not registered in time, take them with you anyway so that they can see what you're doing and explain to them why. Do not be afraid to tell people why you vote, why it means something to you. Don't be afraid of that. The time for being afraid and being silent, it's over. It's over. Be those loud women in the elevator. Don't let anybody, anybody dampen your voice. Vote. This seems like a very appropriate story to tell really quick. It was, um, I think, 2016. No, it had been twenty. Yeah, it was 2016. Had to have been 2016. I was supposed to be out of the country on voting day, election day, if you would call it that, I suppose. And I had decided to go and vote early. So another option for voting as a heads up, guys, you don't have to just vote absentee. There's also designated days to where you can actually go down to City Hall in Richmond and vote in person. So I went down there um, to register my vote and cast it because I was supposed to not be here that day. I got sexually harassed at City Hall by a polling worker. So, I, you know, I didn't get touched, but 
after voting, my um, friend was taking a photo of somebody who it was, they wanted to show the photo to their husband who couldn't vote. So my friend was taking a photo of them and showing that their I voted sticker, they hadn't been able to vote in how long, their husband couldn't get out of the house, they really wanted to show their husband that they come out and voted. Meanwhile, I'm standing there waiting and the poll person decides to make a comment about my butt and asking me, it was something about if I know the Kardashians and I'm just sitting there in my head, I'm like, what are you even talking about? Because I'm trying to vote, get out of here. And you're talking about the Kardashians. And then that's when he makes a comment about my butt and the size of my butt. And so when we talk about why is it that we vote, that is one of many reasons that I get so passionate about it and I make sure every single election day that I can possibly vote that I go to because to be able to live in a world and exist in a world where that's the norm it has to change not for me necessarily you know I I could go anywhere (laughs) and I I I have and gotten comments I've gotten followed I've gotten stalked um but but on the day that you're voting (laughs) that I'm to not exercise something that how many people had to fight and die for and we can sit here and we see the effects where our president is able to mock women where we have a supreme court justice that is able to yell over the ranking member Mm -hmm. of a committee and still get a job and get promoted to their job that we're able to sit here and we see how many black bodies killed by police and not the the fact that there had there was a conviction and it had to be 16 shots 16 and that was second degree murder, not first. So, and it took four years to get there. <laughs> Tell me how we're making America great again. Tell me how we're doing. I think that this actually, after 33 episodes and after every single time that we've gotten into something, this is the first time I've gotten emotional about something. Mm-hmm. I'm not the person that does that. No, that's me and Fran <laughs> over here. To me, it's just as a white female. I'm absolutely heartbroken that there are people out there today that would kill for the right to vote mm-hmm. and then there's so many of us that don't take it seriously that don't think oh it's just the presidential election we need to show up for me you look at like just the numbers of people that don't show up to the polls or the people who say oh don't worry about it it'll shake out the next cycle <laughs> no it doesn't work it like doesn't that. who you vote in affects every generation that comes behind them and the status quo isn't working no it hasn't worked for a long time if you're anybody but a white male. So, you know, you're going to have to vote against there's things that I vote for that, you know, yeah, probably based on the salary that I, I've made in the past are not the best things if I'm trying to retain my personal dollars. But that doesn't matter when it's in the face of people, human beings having equal rights to live. Well, I think that sums it up really nicely. Fran, do you want to take us out of here? I sure can. RPS is still not fully funded, Flint still has dirty water, and Richmond is most certainly still racist. And that's why you've got to vote.
we hope today's episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania has enlightened you on the history of voting in this country and this great Commonwealth of Virginia, as well as encouraged you to either register by Monday, October 15th, or if you're already registered, get out there and vote. We know sometimes it feels like it doesn't matter, that your vote doesn't count, but it does. So please, vote, vote, vote. And make sure to tune in next week because it's our first fun drive episode for the fall fun drive at WRIR. If you can, give. If you can't, volunteer. Support your local independent radio station. Until next time, Richmond, stay classy and stay involved. Time, it goes so fast. It was just another manic moment.